I'd like to say good morning to our local church family. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. 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 We also like to give God a, a hand clap of praise for our online community. Can we give our online community a hand clap of praise? Amen. Hallelujah. We thank you for tuning in. We thank you for your physical presence. Uh, each week it seems as if those that are listening online seem to be increasing. And we're thankful and we praise the Lord because he is a good God. We pray that the word has blessed you uh, during these times of difficulties. Uh, but God is an awesome God. As the uh, praise team sung, surround me, O Lord. Protect me, O Lord. You know, uh, this is what we're asking the Lord to do for us. Amen. During these trying, trying times. And we are, we are thankful for what God is doing and what he is going to continue to do. Now, this morning, we like to invite your attention. And we're going to begin in the book of Exodus. We're going to begin in the book of Exodus. Um, if you go to the very front of your Bible and you find Genesis, and then you'll come to Exodus, Exodus chapter number 3. And we're going to talk about, this morning, we're going to talk about the training ground. How many know that everything we go through uh, is a training ground for what God is about to do next in our life? It's a training ground. So this morning, we're going to talk about the training ground coming from the book of Exodus chapter number 3. Father, bless your word. We thank you for it now. We ask, Lord God, that you would just hide me far from this place. And use me for your glory. Allow your Holy Spirit, who is the teacher, that he would teach us this morning. And we praise you for in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Exodus chapter number 3. We're going to begin reading at verse number 1. I want to kind of, kind of, kind of stay close to what the Lord has given me so I don't miss anything that he has given me uh, by the way of the Holy Spirit. Now, verse number 1 in Exodus chapter number 3 says, Now Moses kept the flock of Jephro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert. And he came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. Now, there's some words here, key words that we need, we need to look at because we're going to deal with uh, that backside, because the backside of the mountain or the backside of the desert is our training ground. Um, oftentimes we don't understand that, especially when we're going through. But the backside of any situation is the training ground. And usually the backside is where no one sees you or is overlooked. <laughs> the backside. The backside is where no one see you, and most times and oftentimes you are overlooked. And we also understanding, too, that this morning we also want to reflect. Uh, we want each one of us to reflect on the most difficult time in our lives. Think about it. And when we can reflect on the most difficult time in our life, then we can understand the life of Moses. We can understand the training ground. We can understand the backside of the desert. Now, when we look at verse number one, 
we have to understand some things here. The word Moses there in Hebrew, it means to be pulled out or drawn from. And the next word we want to look at in verse number one in Exodus chapter three is the word priest. Now, the priest is a uh, official, but it also means a meditation, meditation uh, in a religious place, meditation in a religious place. And so we find that Moses, after what had transpired in his life, we, we find that now he has found himself on the backside of the desert. He's on the backside of the desert. He's, he's in a place of meditation. But when you see the place of meditation where he is, it's called the place Midian. Now, that word Midian there in, in, in the Hebrew, it means a place of strife or a place of contention. And when you understand it's a place of contention or a place of strife, you can see why he ends up on the backside of the desert. Because the Bible here says he led himself. He led <laughs> to himself to the backside of the desert. And then it says, and he came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. Now, he leads himself to a desert place. So he's, he's sitting down now. And he's, he's in a place of meditation, but the problem is the, that place of meditation is contention and strife because he had really gone through some things. He had killed an Egyptian, he had hid him in the sand, and then he wanted to correct his brethren that was fighting against one another. And so then he finds himself running because they say to him, why are you trying to correct us? Now, you killed this Egyptian. You, you hid his body in the sand. So he's on the run right now. Moses is on the run. Oftentimes in our own life, we are also on the run. Depends on what the situation may be. It depends. But he ends up in a desert place. You know, sometimes... When, when we look at a situation and we look at that backside and, and, and the things seem to be dried up because it's a, 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 the desert is like a, a drought. It, it's, it's where there's no, no water or no word. And, and oftentimes we have gone to places or been in situations where we're in a, a drought situation or a dry situation where there is, there is no word. We're not getting any word. It's very important that we get word because we need nutrients, and the word is the nutrients that we need, okay? So he ends up now, he ends up in a desert place because he led himself there. He led himself there. But on the backside, not only is it a training ground, but it also will reveal the greater purpose of our life. See, Sometimes we don't understand why we're on the backside of this or why we're in a dry place. We don't understand. But what we have to understand is there is a greater purpose that we may not be able to see at the moment. At the moment. Have anybody ever had some dry seasons in your life and you wonder how in the world you get there, what's going on? Seems like nothing is happening. But God has a greater purpose uh, in our lives, when he has us in that dry season or on the, on the backside of the desert, sometimes we may feel like we've been put up on the shelf and not being used by God. But if we just hang in there and, and remember that God has a greater purpose for 
our lives, a greater purpose. And we'll see that greater purpose. Now, let's look at uh, chapter number one in the book of Exodus. Let's look at Exodus chapter number one. Exodus chapter number one. And here we're going to have to understand about the greater purpose, the greater purpose and, and the times, because we have to understand the times uh, that he was going through and, and even the times in which we are going through. So let's look at some of the times and what the situation was. Now, in Exodus chapter number one, looking at verse number six. Now, we're going to go as we read then in the natural, we're going to go into the spirit realm. OK, we're going to go higher. Now, verse number six in Exodus chapter number one, it says, and Joseph died and all of his brethren and all of that generation. Joseph died. See, Joseph there, that word also in Hebrew, it means increase, but it also means visionary. It means visionary. Now, the visionary dies. Think about when, when the vision within us has died. Okay, and everybody that we have imparted the vision to, also they have died, and that entire generation. All right, when you when you literally think about it, you talk about the, the brethren, those those that you've imparted that vision into, they're no longer in existence, and then it says that generation. When you think about the, our age, or you think about I'm gonna use me. When you think about my age, okay, now, I, I'm up in the numbers, okay. And, and we were taught certain things. Uh, uh, there were certain things that was in, uh, implied, certain things that was given to us that we held on to certain beliefs, certain beliefs. And, and when those that were connected with us, when they passed on, and even that particular generation, because when you think about the generation of today, their values is, is, does not even compare with the values that we had in previous generations, okay? Because, see, back in our day, I'm, I'm just going to deal with some things. Back in our day, land was important. <clears throat> and back in our day, having a home was important. It was important. Having something to leave your children, you know, when you pass on, was th- that's, that was important. Things, there was things that were more valuable. Our character, our name was very valuable to us. But in today's society, it's a whole different ball game. I mean, they, they don't even care about owning a home or, or, or having to get out there and cutting the grass and, and being proud of what they've been able to accomplish in, in the natural. Uh, uh, people have, and even this area, we talked about it earlier this morning as we rode here to the church. And, and I remember Sister Elizabeth was talking about as we were passing through on Highway Number 9, how some areas where we were passing had used to be nothing but farmland. Well, it's not farmland anymore. The entire Boiling Springs used to be farmland and peach orchards. But it's not that anymore. Because what happened when that generation died out, then what happened was the, the, the young people that, that was heirs to that, that was irrelevant to them. It was more about the money. <laughs> so they sold the land. Amen. They sold the land, and all you see now is all these houses and developments and, and, and uh, different uh, uh, businesses. You see that. So, so they sold all that, so the values are different. 
It, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, parents was really, really, really proud when, when, when a family member was able to accomplish something and they were able to go off to college, especially when they had worked from the sweat of their brow to get them there. Nowadays, most of them don't even want to go to school. Amen. So things are different. I mean, it's just like the value is this, and the things that's going on in our life. It's not even important. It doesn't even face people whether or not they reverence God or not. You know, it's not even important anymore. Okay. But it says that generation had died out. Everybody that was connected to that vision. Now, watch what happens now when the vision or visionary in us dies. Watch what happens now. Looking at verse number seven, it says, and the children of Israel was fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied and waxed exceedingly mighty and the land was filled with them. Even though the vision in you may have died, yet there are some seeds. There's a, there's a, a place of reproduction that there are seeds on the inside. And even though Satan doesn't realize it, our offsprings that they able they're able to produce they, they they were increased they were literally increased it says the word of God says they they multiplied and the land was filled with them okay now whenever the the spirit man begins to birth children in the in, in the in the spirit realm then Satan really gets upset. He does not want us to understand that you have a spiritual seed within you and you can destroy anything that comes up against you. That's why the the, the song Fight My Battle has a great significance if you really think about it. This is how I fight my battle. And yesterday when we first sung that song, the first thing I thought, I said, I need to go out and get me some swords. And I need to bring them swords in here when we sing that song, say, this is how we fight our battle. And then the Lord said, well, Brendan, this is what you need to do. This is your sword right here, (laughs) the word of God. And this is how you fight your battle. This is how you fight your battle when Satan rises up against you. You use your sword, which is the word of God. It says that it, it, they increased. The more that we allow the Lord to, to um, settle within our spirit or live within us, then the greater the, the anointing is upon our lives. Now, look at verse number eight. It says, whenever, now think about it, whenever the visionary has died, okay? Now, look at verse number eight. It says, now there arose up a what? A new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. He didn't know the visionary. A new king rises up. Well, that whenever the visionary dies on the inside of us, see, that new king is our ego. <laughs> the, that's who's on the throne now. When we allow the visionary to die within us, then the ego sits on the throne, our ego. We all know about egos, right? <laughs> we all have allowed the ego to operate from time to time, right? So, so the ego now, he's sitting on the throne, and it says he didn't even know about the, the visionary. The, he did not know Joseph. He didn't know about the visionary. He didn't know about the dreamer. It's the ego, because, see, the ego is all about self. Whatever self wants, and it, the ego likes to, to promote himself, 
okay, or herself. That's, it's a spirit. It likes to promote itself. And then it says now, it didn't know Joseph, but look at verse number 9. It says this. Now, the ego is always plotting. Verse 9 says, and he said unto what? His people. That means the ego got some people too. The ego got some seed too. Okay? And he said unto his people, his seed, behold, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Now, listen. The ego knows. He knows. He knows how spiritually we are or the seeds that's within us. It knows. It, 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 it sees that, okay, I've got to do something about this. They, 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 they are maturing in the faith. They are growing in spirit. So I've got to do something. More and more I see these people, and they are, they are growing. You know, I'm not talking about growing in physical number, but I'm talking about growing in the spirit. It's a big difference. And see, whenever your ego sees that, it says, listen, let me tell you something about the ego. It knows that the seed in you is mightier than all the demons in hell. <laughs> it knows that. It knows that. So it's decide, it decides I've got to do something about them. Do you not understand why so many people are being killed off in, 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 the, in the body of Christ? Because they've allowed the ego to take over. That most people in the body in Christ, as well as in the world, has no clue who they are. They have no clue who they are. If they had a clue, Satan would literally be on the run. If they had a clue who they were, we would not see the situation in the world as it is today. Because then the people of God will rise up and say, enough is enough. Enough is enough. But see, the people of God, they don't know who they are. They do not know that they are mighty men and women of God. They, they have not a clue. They do not understand that the way we fight our battle is not with the fist, but the way we fight our battle is with the word of God. If they knew the word, if they knew the power of the word, then they would understand Satan does not have a chance when he rises up against me. Whenever we're going through and we're on that backside of the desert, we've got to understand there's a God that's on the inside of me. You've got to know that. You know, no matter what comes, no matter how bad it gets or what it looks like, you've got to know that the God on the inside of you is more powerful and bigger than any situation or any problem that you face. You've got to know that. You've got to know that. It doesn't make any difference. What it looks like or what it sounds like. Or what it, no matter what the enemy is speaking or what he's whispering, you've got to know that you've got power on the inside of you. You've got to know that without a shadow of a doubt. You've got to know who lives on the inside of you. You've got to know that God moves, he lives, and he has his being within you. You've got to know that. You've got to know that. You've got to know that, okay, I've got to walk by faith. I can't walk by sight. Because if I walk by sight, I'm going to fail every time. Because what we see sometimes will cause us to doubt God. So we've got to walk by faith. Even on the backside of the desert, we've got to walk by faith. Oh, God is awesome. I mean, our God, 
He is awesome. He's awesome. He's awesome. He's awesome now. Now, let's look at now what the ego will do when it's sitting on the throne. Okay? We're in Exodus chapter 1. And looking at verse number 11, it says, Therefore, they did set over them taskmasters to afflict them with their burdens. Hmm. And they built for Pharaoh treasure cities. See, what, what the ego will do, it will give you their burdens. You know, their burdens is forced labor. <laughs> forced labor. It's not that you want it. They're they, they forcing you to do, do, that, do that thing. Yes. So you're carrying their burdens, which is forced labor. See, this is how the ego operates. He has forced labor. But what, what the enemy does not know about forced labor, what the ego does not know, is something is produced when he's forcing you to do his bidding. Watch, watch the word. Watch the word. Watch the word. It want, see, the ego wants you to build for it. Mm-hmm. Build for the things of the world. Now, watch, look at verse number 12. It says, this was come out of forced labor you know, from the ego. Okay? And verse 12 says, but the more... They afflicted them. The more they multiplied and what? And grew. And they were grieved because of the children of Israel. Do you not know when the ego uh, uh, wants to present its forced labor, it w- wants to uh, 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 allow you to do its bidding, it calls you to multiply. It, it, it causes you to grow. Do you not know that pain will cause you to grow? Pain will cause you to grow. Pain will, I hear you, Holy Spirit. Pain will cause you to mature. Amen. You no longer will lay down and whip and cry and and kick your feet and scream and holler like a a, a, a two-year-old. You know what I'm saying? But, but, But pain, pain will allow you to mature in God and mature in your faith. Pain. So the ego is stupid because growth comes out of pain. Mm. Growth comes out of pain. Most of us don't like pain, right? I can be real. I don't like pain. (laughs) I don't like pain. But when I understand, if I can get it in my mind and keep it in my mind, that out of my pain, out of my suffering, comes growth in the spirit. I'm not talking about growth in the natural. Mm-mm. Because, see, growth in the natural is temporal. But growth in the spirit is eternal. That's where I want to be. That's where you want to be. Even on the backside of the desert, when in that dry place, you have to understand, okay, there's a greater purpose in what's going on in my life. Anybody got any questions, question marks in their life? Why did this happen? Why did, this happen? Why did I have to go through this? I mean, why all these things are happening? I understand God said, listen, there's a greater purpose than what we can see. A greater purpose. Can, you, can, can we handle that? There is a greater, a greater purpose. Now, let's look at verse number 16 in chapter number 1. Now, what, what, we're continuing with this old crazy ego. Okay? We're going to look at chapter still in chapter one and we're going to look at verse number 16 okay 
Because we've got to understand now, we've been born with a purpose, a greater purpose than what we can see. Now, verse number 16 in Exodus chapter 1 says, And he said, When ye do the office of a midwife to the Hebrew women, and see them upon the stools, if it be a son, hmm, then ye shall kill him. But if it be a daughter, then she shall live. Hmm. Now, verse 17 says, But the midwives feared God and did not as the king of Egypt commanded them, but save the men children alive. Is something about the male, the builders of the family name of God. Have you ever noticed when, when you took a vow and you got married, you took on the, the name of the male? The male didn't take on the name of the female. But he took on, he took on the name of the male. When you think about when a child is birthed, all of us, regardless of where we are, online, offline, however, we are one in a million. Why is that? Because when you look at the natural, when we begin to talk about the sperm and the embryo and talk about with the woman and try to bring forth a child or birth a child, a man will shoot out millions of sperms. But it may only take, it's usually only one that will cause things to bring forth, or bring forth life, okay? Only one. Most of them never make it. Most of them do, most sperms do not nearly make it when they get ready for, for the conception to bring forth a child. Most sperms die out. But it only takes one, and if that one can penetrate. See, that's why if you survive, oh, I hear your Holy Spirit. So that's why if you survive the storm in your life, you're one in a million. Because most people don't. Most people do not survive the storm. Most people will give up. When they get in a dry season, they'll give up. When hard times come, they give up. When it looks like they can't make ends meet, <laughs> they give up. They, 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 they begin to get in a, a place of pity point. You know, I, I told y'all this last week when, when I, was, I even thought, I thought I was thinking about laundry detergent, thinking about laundry detergent. And I was like, okay, Lord, you know, but I didn't want to go to the store to buy it. And then as I was sitting there preparing those vitamins to, to hand out people, and by the way, uh, we praise God and we thank and praise God, we did about fi- over 500 uh, one-gallon bags that had the vitamins on the inside, over 500 bags that were given to people. Let's give God a hand clap of praise for that. Amen. Because, see, when you build your immune system, it helps you to fight against the virus. It's, it's very important. It's very important. So I said to the Lord, you know, and I was sitting there and preparing to do, to do the next, I think it's like 57 bags. And I said to myself, I said, hmm, I wonder what surprises in there today. And so when I go into that box, and lo and behold, what did I see? Laundry detergent. Don't tell me God is not alive. 
and very, I mean, very much alive, and he hears and everything that, not what you speak, but what you think. I mean, who would not want to serve a God like that? I mean, God is awesome. So you got to understand, you are one in a million. Most people do not withstand or make it through the storm. But you know that you, because of who you are, who you serve, that you will make it through the storm. Because all of this is nothing but a training ground to your greater purpose. Most people don't know their purpose. But there's a greater purpose, a greater purpose. Remember, you're one in a million. That's some awesome odds. One in a million. Now, it wanted to kill the, the son, the one that can, can, can really bring forth a, a dominate in, 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 the, in the birthing cycle. Now, it goes on and talks about how, how the midwives, they feared God. But that ego that sits on the throne, that, 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 that Pharaoh, see, the Pharaoh symbolizes the idol gods of the earth that stands between us and the promise. Remember that. Pharaoh is those idol gods that stands between us and the promise. Please remember that because we're going to come to that later, okay? Because we don't want us to give up on, in the training ground during that time. We don't want to give up. Now, verse number, let's see, let's look at verse number 18. It says, And the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said unto them, Why have you done this thing and have saved the men children alive? If men would take their rightful place. That's what happened with Adam and Eve and God. Adam didn't take his rightful place. But he succumbed and he listened to Eve. Because, see, she was whispering all at the same time. The enemy was whispering all at the same time in her ear. But, but if they would understand that the, 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 the place, the positioning where God has them, it says God, Jesus, then it's, you know, when to deal with the headship, then it says man. I mean, that, that's powerful. If we can understand, why do you think the devil got so many men in prison? Afraid of them. Scared of them. Because they're carrying something. They are literally carrying something. So he, he, now this ego gets upset when you don't do what it tells you to do. His ego gets upset. Trust. It will get angry. All right? Now, looking at verse number 22, it says, And Pharaoh charged all of his people, saying, Every son that is born ye shall cast into the river, and every daughter ye shall live. Okay? Now he's got to get rid of you. Why does the ego want to get rid of you? Because of the purpose that God has for your life. Because of the purpose that God has for your life. If he can get you to, 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 to not fulfill the purpose that he has for your life, many people that God has assigned to your life will be lost. Everybody's got people assigned to them. Everybody has people assigned to them. Now, let's go to the book of Romans, chapter number 7. Romans chapter number 7, the book of Romans. 
book of Romans, chapter number 7. What is it about these male children? What is it? Okay, talk about the greater purpose. The greater purpose. Training ground. The greater purpose. Romans chapter number 7. Are we there? Paul is speaking. Paul says, What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin, but by the law. Hmm. Except the law had said, oh, let me back up. For I had not known lust, except the law had said, thou shalt not covet. You got to understand the reason why they're trying to kill Moses. Because there were many, many, many babies, many of them. Because he was one of those one in a million. He was going to be the one that comes and represent the law. He's a lawgiver, okay? He's a lawgiver, all right? Now, watch what Paul says here. He says, now, I had not known sin, but by the law. He did not know about sin or understand about sin except the fact that it came through by the law, as it was written. It came through by the law. This is how it was revealed. He did not understand. It says, I had not known lust, except the law had said, thou shalt not covet. You remember when, 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 when Moses went up on the mountain and, and God had brought the children out of the land of Egypt, and they were down at the, at the foot of the mountain, and literally they was having an orgy. <laughs> they were. The Bible said they had gotten naked. They were, you know, they wanted Aaron to build them a, a, a calf. And, and that's what they were doing. They were partying. And, and, and Moses was going up to the mountains to, to, to talk with God. And God was going to give him, give him the, the laws, those things that he wanted. The ch- those children that came out of Egypt, that they had to have something to go by. That's why when there's a transition from the world to the law, to, from the world to God, when that's a transition from the world and we come into the, to the means of Jesus Christ, we come into the way of salvation, the rules changes. The things changes. What you did in the world when you come down to the, to the body of Christ is not acceptable because it's different. <laughs> yeah, the world have guidelines just like the, the, those children was, uh, uh, that, that had came out of Egypt. They were sitting down. They were having an orgy. They were, I mean, they were partying down. To the point where they had removed their clothing. And there's no, no telling what else went on. Okay? And it, it angered God. God told them to listen. Moses, you get back, get down off the mountain. It disturbed God's spirit. So he, he receives it. Now, I'm going to show you something. Remember now, Paul didn't know lust except the law revealed it to him. Because when you talk about those Ten Commandments, one of them says, Thou shalt not commit adultery, or thou shalt not covet. So it revealed the things that they were so accustomed to doing. God had to, had to give his, his, his plan, his, his, his policies. He had, the Lord had to, had to uh, give out a moral thinking Holy Spirit. His standards. Thank you, Lord. See, God does have standards. We may not go by God's standards, 
But God does have standards that we're supposed to live by. And when it comes down to the, to, to the children of God, the, the body of Christ, we have standards that God has given us to live by. Amen? That, that, there's a part where we, 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 we deal with God, we reverence God, and then there's a part where we have to deal with mankind. So it's all written down. It was, it's all written down. Okay? Now let me show you this, and we're all close to being done. Let's go to the book of Galatians. The book of Galatians, okay? The book of Galatians. All right. Galatians chapter number 3. Galatians chapter number 3. Remember, that's a greater purpose. The reason why you're on that back side of the desert, God has a, it's a training ground, and there is a greater purpose that at that point we may not see. Just like Moses had not a clue. His mother had not a clue. When she put him in the river, and, and that basket is a symbolic of the ark. <laughs> that's, another, that's another day. That's another story. Okay? Now, Galatians chapter number 3, looking at verse number 17. Now, we're there. Okay. It says this. And this I say, that the covenant that was confirmed before of God in Christ, the law, watch this, which was 430 years after, cannot disannul that it should make the promise of God non-effective. The law came 430 years later. But God had placed mankind in a covenant agreement. And the word of God says, because of the 430 years later, because of the law, it said it cannot disannul the promises of God. So whatever God promised you, it's going to come to pass. Whatever God promised you, it will come to pass. You, you, you just can't take the law and say, no, no, this, you, you won't receive the promises of God. No, that's not true. That's not what the Bible says. Because the covenant was established with Abraham and his seed even before the law came into effect. That's why we have to focus on the promises and not the law. Most people teach the law. Most churches teach the law, the do's and the don'ts. The law. The law. They don't deal with the covenant of God, the promises of God. The body of Christ do not understand the promises of God. Those promises that God has, has released, let me tell you something. Nothing, no demon in hell can disannul it. It, it cannot, it, it cannot do away with the, pro, the covenant of God, the promises of God. This is why when we go through that dry season, you've got to think on the promises of God. You've got to remember the promises of God. You've got to take yourself back in the book and think, okay, God, this is what you're saying. This is what your word says. Do you know that's why the enemy does not allow, want us to read? Because most people won't study. Most people do not, do not read the Word of God, study the Word of God. Because he knows if you put it in a book, they ain't going to open it up. So how many, think about it, how many people literally read, literally study? Ha! Very few. If he put it in the book, he said, okay, they ain't going to read it. They're too lazy. 
the enemy does know us too, you know. He does. Okay. So so now 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 let, 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 let me let me finish. Let me finish it. Now. He says now that that the law cannot disannul the promises. And then verse 18 says, for if the inheritance be of the law. See, we are in the will of God. <laughs> See, inheritance means you're going to receive something. We're in the will of God. We're in the will of God. God, I thank you for being in your will. Man, can, man, ooh, man cannot write me out of the will of God. God's got me in the will. I've got an inheritance from God. And man can't do nothing about it. Satan and hell can't do anything about it. I'm, I'm, I'm in the will. You in the will of God. Who? Mercy for Jesus. He says now, he says now, uh, if the, for if, keyword, if the inheritance be of the law, it is no more a promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. God released the, the, the covenant, the promises of God, his inheritance. We have, we, we are in, really, in actuality, according to the word, we are the inheritance, our heirs to the entire earth. That's what the word of God says. That's what he says. He says, I've given you the earth. Boy, we done done a bad job, hadn't we? Done messed it up. But, but, but the word of God says he has given us the earth, but then he said, we're going to die just like me. Mm, that's heavy right there. Okay. But then it says, let's drop down to verse number 24. Verse number 24, uh, Galatians chapter number 3. Verse 24 says, watch this. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. The law was our schoolmaster. It was our teacher. It was our teacher. But somehow or another, we still got the law and it's still teaching us, no, 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 that's not biblical. It says in verse 25, says, but after that faith is come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. It says, but after faith is come. Wednesday night, we, 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 in the Bible study, it was one of the scriptures in Isaiah says, come. Uh, buy uh, buy uh, uh, food with no money, buy wine with no money, and uh, uh, buy different things with no money. So the question came up is, was, how do we buy, uh, it said buy milk and wine. I said, how do we buy without any money? Well, we had a visitor <laughs> on Wednesday night. We had someone that came on Wednesday night. And everybody else was throwing out the answer. And how about the visitor come up with, the way you buy without money is without, with, with, with faith. This is how you buy without money. You buy with faith. You think about it. If God promised it, all you need is faith to bring it into existence. Most people cannot bring it into existence because they do not have the faith to believe that God can. And not only is it that he can, he can but he also he will. Where's your faith today? Where is your If you're on the backside of the desert in a dry place, where is your faith? That scripture says you can buy without money. So you got to operate in your faith. 
I bought laundry detergent without money. <laughs> it was in my mind. Faith. I said, I wonder what surprises God got for me today. And I go over and open up that box. <laughs> and there was the laundry detergent I bought without money. Those people had no clue that that was in my, I had said that in my mind. They had no clue whatsoever. I never asked them for that. But it was there. Now, listen, not only that, I'm talking about buying without money. Not only that, but I said, Lord, and I've shared this too. I need some, some, some Lysol. I mean, you can't find it in the store. can't do nothing. I mean, I said, God, I need, I need that. You know, for a minute, God was giving, and, you know, then Brendan, her generous was hard. Lord, help her. Lord, help me. Because anybody that came, and if I had the extra, if they wanted I gave it to them to the point where I was on empty. And I had a little bit left. Once again, without money, what happened? In them same boxes, a different set at a different time, when I opened up, what did I find? Lysol. Now, you can't tell me God ain't good. God is good. He is good. He is good. I was looking for some hand sanitizer, and I'm looking at the store, and I'm like, hmm, eight ounces, eight, nine, ten ounces, an eight-ounce bottle of Lysol. I mean, hand sanitizer. Wait a minute, God. I said, this is highway robbery. What do I get? In one of the boxes, liquid. Hand sanitizer. Three three jars of it. I buy without money. It has to do with faith. It has to do with faith. See, God will, he says, he will supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. And he will supply for us. He's our father. You don't have to worry about putting him up in non-support. Uh-uh. That's not him. God will supply everything that we need. Everything. He's an awesome God. He is an awesome God. Let me, let me finalize this. Let me finalize this. I'm just getting too excited here. All right. Now, we talked about being the Lord with our schoolmaster until he brings us into Christ that we might be justified by faith. Now, verse 25 says, but after that faith is come. Talking about Jesus Christ, because we got faith in him. It says, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. That's why here at House of Destiny, how many of y'all know that tithing is under the law? Somebody said, you don't need to be teaching that. But listen, we're not under the law. Book of Corinthians now says, you give according to how God purpose in your heart. But he also says this. If you give sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. If you give bountifully, you're going to reap bountifully. God has blessed this place beyond measure. I mean, when you look around, it's like, oh, surely they ain't. Uh, I don't see how they even pay the rent. But God, but God, it's according to how you give and how you purpose in your heart. The word is there. It, it, it's literally there. And I said, God, I, I, I thank you. I, I, I thank you for wisdom that comes from above. Because, see, I'm a little tight person. So it had to be God for me to release. Can I be real? 
Amen. I don't, I don't release the coins too quick now. I'm just being real. I'm, I'm just being real. Amen. And if anybody got common sense, you wouldn't release your coins either. Amen. Too quick. Amen. Because you mess around and be broke and they be enjoying your coins, you know, and you over there struggling, suffering, they hard and having a good time. The devil is a lie. Amen. Not, 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 not that, not on my watch. Let me put it that way. Not on, not on my watch. Now, let me just live to deal with this very last verse and we're getting up out of here. Going back to Romans chapter number six. Because we don't want to get people to get too happy and think they can live any kind of way. Because they are under grace now. Romans chapter six. I hope I put this down. Romans chapter number six. Looking at verse number 14. 14 says, For sin shall not have dominion over you. For ye are not under the law, but under grace. Don't take God's grace for granted. Because verse 15 says, What then shall we sin? Because we are not under the law, but under the grace, it says, God forbid. God forbid. Even though God had a greater purpose for the Moses' life, and that was to lead the people, uh, the people of Israel into the promised land, he never made it. He never made it. Even though he interceded for the people when they acted up, he still didn't make it. He didn't see that land that he was leading the people to. In fact, only two actually saw it. Because everybody else died out. Why? Because of disobedience. Because we are on a training ground, the training ground, don't begin to operate in disobedience. But stay in faith. Stay in faith is so important. Stay in faith. Because you're on the backside where nobody can see you, nobody knows what you're doing. Because you're on that backside, don't become impatient. Wait on God. Because He has a greater purpose for your life than what you can see. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. Amen for His word. Amen. 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 We thank Him.